Thanks, Adam. Am I, am I audible? Is it good? Okay. Okay, cool. So, um, good morning. Yeah, it was a, a wake-up call, I would say. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, so, good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? <laughs> good, okay. Okay, so today, um, we, are do, uh, we, are, we are actually wrapping up a series on Generous Like My Father. And I love the title of the series. I'm generous like my father. And, and we will just start with a, a brief recap on, on, on the last four weeks, what we did in the last four weeks. We started off with God is good. And if you look at the pattern, every series that we have started, it starts with God. And that's how it should be. And it starts with the goodness of God. And this series, we started with the goodness of God saying that God is extravagantly generous. God is extravagantly generous. He is a good father who gives good and perfect gifts to his children. Our generosity is a reflection of God's generosity. Our generosity is a reflection of God's generosity. If you look at the creation, look at creation, you can see that there is, there is, you can see God's generosity in creation. I was reading National Geographic magazine, and it was written there that 85% of the species on this earth are unknown to mankind. 85%. So with all the technology, all the submarines, all the satellites, we could only discover 15% of God's creation. God modeled generosity in his creation. He modeled generosity in the covenants that he made with us. He modeled generosity in the economics of Israel. And he modeled generosity in the gospel where he gave his one and only son so that we could be saved. And Jesus Christ poured out his life and died for us and rose again all because he wanted to save us. God modeled generosity in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God. But then in the third week, the focus actually shifted from God to us and you and me. God has given us every spiritual gift, every gift, because of which we can give our time, our talent, our affection, and our money. We can give all of this generously. And when we give all of this generously, the kingdom of God will advance. And last week, we looked at the mentality or the mindset. See, we all go to college. We go to our universities. We work in a company. We run businesses. And when we do all of that, we actually get ourselves tuned to the mindset of the world. The world lives by a mindset called the scarcity mindset. For people who are suffering from the scarcity mindset, the resources are like a pie. 
the more you get, the happier you are. There's limit in the world. And you, you are running a race where you need, to, you need to get more of everything. So you compare yourselves with people around. You don't share. That's called scarcity mindset. But as you walk with Christ, as you walk with Christ, because of the Holy Spirit with you, God will deal with that poverty mentality. He'll deal with that scarcity mindset and he'll replace that with the mindset of generosity. And that's what we looked at this, uh, last week. Before we get into today's principle, let's look at the motivation behind generosity. See, I will use the term generosity and giving interchangeably because generosity is nothing but giving good things freely and abundantly. So generosity is like a higher in, of higher intensity than giving. I believe that motivation behind giving is more important than the giving itself. The motivation behind giving is more important than giving itself. That's why it's important. It's important that we examine the motivations, the motives, the reasons behind giving. You guys are with me? Cool. So let's look at the five wrong reasons for giving. And then we'll look at the five or four correct reasons for giving. The five wrong reasons for giving are fear, guilt, self-promotion, control, and expectation of prosperity. The five wrong reasons for giving. Let's look at fear. If you're giving out of fear, I would say don't give at all. Because God does not need your protection money. God does not, does not need your protection money. Some people think that tithing, which is under the Mosaic law, is still applicable. That's not true. We are not under law. However, I don't want to downplay giving. Giving is important. In the New Testament, Paul writes about sacrificial and generous giving. So giving is important. If you're giving out of guilt, I would say don't give. I have not been to church for a long time. I have not given for a long time. Okay, let me, I'm feeling guilty and because of that let me give something. Let me spend time, uh, let me spend time on some ministry. Don't give if you're giving with guilt. Because the Bible says that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So if you're, if you're struggling with guilt, I want to release you from that guilt right away. That there's no condemnation in, in Christ Jesus. However, when you are in Christ Jesus, you will give. You are in Christ Jesus, you will give. The third wrong reason for giving is self-promotion. You, you'll see Jesus is talking about them in Matthew 6, where he calls them as hypocrites. It's, it's a bad reason for giving, if you're, if you're giving for self-promotion. The fourth reason for giving is control. There are so many churches in this world where there are one or two families 
which are contributing to the entire giving of the church, and the church is run by those families. The pastor does all the programs that, that uh, you know, the, the families need to do or want to do. They, the, the families pay for the, for the salary of the pastor, the maintenance of the building. They control the whole church. That's not healthy. And those churches die. And the fifth reason why you shouldn't give is if you have an expectation of prosperity, then you shouldn't give. Now, with this reason, we enter into the realm of prosperity gospel. There's a cause and effect relationship. There's a cause and effect relationship. I give something so that I will get something more back. I give $1,000 today. In two months, I'll, give, I'll get $10,000 back. That's business. That's investment. That's not giving. That's not generosity. The churches that are practicing this are manipulating people, are manipulating people. It's manipulation. If, if the motivation behind giving is a, has a cause and effect relationship that I give something to get back something, then there's a wrong motive behind that giving. So you, whenever you give something, examine and see, is there a cause and effect relationship? Am I giving it because I need something back? Now, what are the right reasons to give? And, and there could be more reasons, right reasons to give, but I have, I've just identified four. If you have more, and then we will add, it, add to these four. The first reason for giving is thankfulness. The second reason for giving is faith. The third reason for giving is love. And the fourth reason is for giving is that you are made as a giver. You are created as a giver. That's why you give. So there are four reasons. Thankfulness, faith, love, and you're created to be a, a giver. So let's look at faith. So let's turn our Bibles, or it should be up on the screen, to Psalms 50, verse 14. So do we have that verse on the screen? Psalms 50, verse 14. I don't know if this makes any difference, but this was written by Asaf. It was the first psalm of Asaf. Many people have written psalms. So Asaf is one of the authors of, uh, of different psalms. Now, just to give you a context, Psalms 50 from verse 7 to verse 15 was written for godly Israelites was written for godly Israelites. These Israelites were, were following the law to the letter. They were giving their sacrifices, they were giving their offering, they were, they were sincere in everything that they did. Now if you read from verse four, verse seven onwards, you'll see that God is saying, I have no complaints. I have no complaints against you. I have no complaints against your offering and against your sacrifices. But I don't need any of this because the bull, the goat, the birds, they all belong to me. 
The mountains belong to me, the hills belong to me, the world belongs to me, and everything in the world belongs to me. I only desire one thing. I only desire one thing. And that one thing is there in, in Psalms 50, verse 14. It's up on the screen. I've taken it from the Passion Translation. It puts it out beautifully. It says, why don't you bring me the sacrifice I desire? Why don't you bring me the sacrifices I desire? Bring me your true and sincere thanks and show your gratitude by keeping your promises to me, the Most High. Bring me your true and sincere thanks. Now, as believers, you know, if, if this psalm is talking to godly Israelites, it is talking to believing Christians who are bringing tithes and offerings to the church. Now, when you bring tithes and offerings, when we bring tithes and offerings to church, we need to bring our tithes and offerings with thankfulness. We need to bring it with thankfulness. There's a beautiful picture in John chapter 12 where Mary comes with this, this perfume, an expensive perfume, and pours it on the feet of Jesus because she's so thankful that Jesus, what Jesus had done for her brother Lazarus. She just pours out that perfume, an expensive perfume, which was equivalent to one year's worth of salary. That's thankfulness. That's thankfulness. Are we thankful? I love the words that, uh, that Graham was sharing. Proverbs says, do you want to honor God? Do you want to, by, by, by bringing your tithes and offering, are you honoring God? See, it takes humility to realize or recognize that all the blessings that you have is from God. It needs humility because we, as human beings, we tend to think that all that we have is because of us. But when you are humble, go before God, you'll realize and recognize that all that I have is because of God. Okay, that's the first reason, thankfulness. The second reason for giving is faith. If you look at Acts chapter 2, verses 40, 44 to say 46, you'll see that, you'll see uh, an act of radical generosity where the early believers, they, they sold everything and they shared among the needy. And still, they were joyful. They still, they were joyful. Now, I believe that, you know, the reason for the joy is because they trusted God as the provider. They trusted God as the provider. Do we trust God as a provider, is the question. Do we trust God as a provider? I'm not saying that we should have radical generosity. I'm not saying that you need to sell everything and, 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 and share everything with others. If you look at this whole block of Acts chapter 2, you'll see that there's an outpouring of the Spirit in the first, say, first 43 or 42 verses of, the, of, of, of that chapter. You'll see that the first set of believers were born, were born again. There was a baptism that took place. 3,000 people got added to, to the Christians of those days. You guys are with me? 
And I believe that these people who were giving radically were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's a lesson for us. We shouldn't be giving impulsively, but we should give what God tells us to give. And that's, that's, that's the lesson that we learned from this, from this whole incident. But are we, when we give to God, we give to God because we trust him as a provider. We give to God because we acknowledge that he owns everything. We give to God because he's good and he will take care of us. There's no cause and effect relationship here. There are promises in the Bible which say that God will take care of us. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke. Let's turn our Bible to Luke chapter 12, verses 27 and 28. This is a very common, I, I have taken common verses because, because, you know, it's so simple to understand about generosity. You don't need to do a lot of research or study. But, but it's such a difficult topic because you're not submitted to God in terms of finances. So look at this verse. It says in, chapters, in chapter 12, verse 27, look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? That's the question that, that, that we need to answer. The third reason that we give is love. And, and let's look at Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38. Now, a religious leader will come, uh, comes to Jesus and, and asks him this question, which is the greatest commandment of all. And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Now, you may say, oh, okay, but this commandment doesn't apply to us because we are no longer under the law. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that if our righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. So instead of loving God, we need to passionately love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And that includes our time, our talents, our affection, and our money. We give to God because we love God. And the last reason why we should give, and that's the title of this whole series. We, are, we, we give because we're made to give. We're made to give. What does the Bible say? We are made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God. God is extravagantly generous. Because of Jesus, Jesus Christ, in 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, that because of Jesus Christ, Whatever is stopping us, whatever is stopping us from living in the fullness of God has been taken away. The veil is removed. Now the Holy Spirit is working in us and is making us, is changing us, transforming us and, and making us like Christ every day. 
so that we reflect his glory day by day, more and more. So we reflect God's character. God's character is that of generosity. So we are generous. We are generous like our father. We are generous because God is generous. Our generosity is a reflection of God's generosity. You guys are with me? There's no... You guys are all silent today. You guys are with me? Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, so, so we, we, all this while we were talking about generosity to God, that is giving to God. But the same happens when you are generous with others. And I believe that when you learn to be generous with God, being generous to others is a byproduct of it. It's a byproduct of it. So your generosity should, should permeate, our generosity should permeate our marriages, our families, our businesses, our jobs, our community, everything that we do. And when, when that happens, there is something beautiful that, takes, that happens, that takes place. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. Again, we all know the context. I think we have been speaking about this verse for, or this chapter for almost like uh, four weeks now. So there is famine in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem is suffering. And Paul is writing to Corinthians to be generous so that they give money and that money goes to Jerusalem and the need is met. Okay, that's the context. Now in verse 12, it says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So when, when you give, when you give, you're bringing somebody closer to God. When you give, you're bringing somebody closer to God. You don't have to go and preach to them, talk to them, give them advice, but just by giving, that they receive and they give thanks to God. The very next verse says that people because of this act of generosity, that people will glorify God. They will thank God, they will glorify God. And it brings them closer to God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? That people are coming closer to God when we are generous. People will come to know God more when, they, when, when, when we are generous. Now, I, I, I won't go into how we should give, there is a way in which you should give. So first of all, you, you know, there is nothing known as, as convenience giving. There is nothing known as convenience giving. The Bible talks about sacrificial giving. You, the whole argument about, oh, when I have enough, I'll give, is flawed. Is flawed. Because we are not talking about convenience giving here, we are talking about sacrificial giving. When, and and I, would, I, would, I would really encourage all of you to go and study this. Because when you give, there's a cost to it. But when you give with the right reasons, when you give with the right reasons, that is when you give because you're thankful, because, of, because you have faith, and you trust God, because you love God, and because you're made as a giver, 
and you give it these right reasons, you'll be a cheerful giver. The Bible says, don't give grudgingly, don't give under pressure, but give as a cheerful giver. So when, when you give with the right motivation, with the right reasons, you become a cheerful giver. The cheerful word uh, that is there in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, is, it actually, is the, uh, the, the Greek word for that is hilaros. Hilaros, from that Greek word, you get the word hilarious. So when, when, when you give cheerfully, you need to burst into wild laughter. Okay, so, so, so let's give cheerfully as givers. Now the principle for today, and, and, and I think uh, if you can just put up the principle slide on, on uh, the screen, please. Uh, the, the principle for today is, I don't know if, the, if that slide is up on the screen. Okay, so, so the principle for today is generosity releases joy, blessing, and favor into our lives. As we give, it will be given to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But you may ask me this question that you just now told us that there is no cause and effect relationship between giving and receiving. And that's true in this case. See, the, the generosity that this statement is talking about, and this statement is based on Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Okay, this is what Jesus actually, uh, you know, actually says, you know, this is what Jesus said while he was teaching about, uh, you know, if you, if you know the Sermon on the Mountain, so in the Luke, in, in, in Gospel of Luke as well, there is a Sermon on the Mountain. They call it a Sermon on the Plain. And in Luke chapter 6, actually, uh, Jesus is teaching from the plain about a lot of different things, and he teaches about giving. Okay, so this statement is taken from there. It's Luke chapter 6, verse 38. But the generosity that we are talking in this statement is a generosity which is motivated by the right reasons. That you're, th you're giving because you're thankful, because you're faith, you, you have faith in God, you, have, you love God, and you, 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 you know that you're made to give. So you're giving with the right reasons. That's why when you give with the right reasons, there is a release of joy, there is a release of blessing, there is a release of favor into your life. And that's a promise. You look at different places in the Bible, it's, it's a promise that when, when generosity done right, it releases joy, it releases blessing, it releases favor. But when it is done wrong, then there's a problem. And that's why, you know, the, the prosperity gospel or legalism is not right. Because when it is done wrong, you're taking a shortcut. You're taking a shortcut. When we, when we come to know Christ, there is a walk with Christ that takes place after you come to know Christ. There's a process where you are transformed the Bible uses the word metamorphosis. The old is gone, the new has come. The new is not recognizable. It is different, it's colorful, it's beautiful. 
And, and that's, and, 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 and when you teach about prosperity gospel or when you teach about legalism, they're taking a shortcut. They are circumventing or they're avoiding this entire process. So let's look at one final set of scripture and then we'll close. Second Peter 1, verses 4 to 9. Let me just go over by five minutes. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So this is what we talked about in under faith, that when you stand on the promises, he has already given us great and precious promises. And these promises allow us to share in his divine nature. Let's go to the next verse, verse 5. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. See, there's a process going on. There is moral excellence, then after that comes knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly aff affection, and with brotherly affection with love for everyone. So there's a process. It starts with moral excellence. Then it goes to knowledge. Then from knowledge, it goes to self-control. From self-control, it goes to patient endurance. From patient endurance, it goes to godliness. There's a, there's a suffering that is involved. There's a breaking that is involved. That is remaking that is involved. That is unlearning that is involved. That's a process. Let's go to verse 8. The more you grow like this, the more productive productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So more you go through this process, you become more productive and useful. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. That's why you see people in legalism struggling. You see people with prosperity gospel struggling because they're blind and short-sighted. Blind and short-sighted. See, when we take, we need to live in freedom. We need to live in freedom. And we need to have the right reasons for giving. And when we have the right reasons for giving, there is joy, there is blessing, there is favor that is released on our life. See, as we close this series, I've come to this conclusion that it is not about 10%, it's not about 20%, it's not about 30%. It's about submission to God. It's about submission to God. Are we ready to, to lay down our priorities and take his priorities? When we take his priorities, when, it doesn't mean that we need to leave our families, our jobs, and become a monk. When you take his priorities, you become a better dad, become a better husband, become a better employee. 
We always want everything at our own terms. But here we have God. When we submit ourselves to him, there's a, there's a, there's a transformation that is going to happen. He, he wants us to go, grow. He wants us to have the best. But when we hang on to our own priorities, it is not possible. It is not possible to live in fullness. So as we, let's, as we close this series, let's allow the Holy Spirit to, to minister to us. The Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, it will change our thoughts and attitudes. And I think that's, that's what is required. A change in mindset. A change in mindset. A mindset where we think that we own everything from mindset where God owns everything. In a mindset where we think that, that, that there are limits in this world to a mindset where we think that there, is, there are limitless possibilities. There is creativity. There are options available. So let's pray. Holy Father, we, we thank you. Lord, if there is any, any fear, O oh Lord, let that we want to break that fear right now. Any fear, any guilt, Lord, let that be gone right now in the name of Jesus. Because you came to this earth to take away fear, take away guilt. Help us to focus on you. It's not about 10%, 5% to Lord Heavenly Father, but it's about everything. It's about submission, giving everything to you. And, and we want to do that today. We want to commit ourselves today and say, Lord, we want you more than anything else. We want you more than anything else. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks, Ashish. Um, if you would like prayer today, um, we have our ministry team over here. Um, they are really great prayers, and you will definitely be encouraged if you have any questions or any prayer requests for them. Um, if not, don't rush away. Feel free to stick around. We've got snacks at the back. Come and uh, make a new friend. Come and uh, speak to us. Find out more about LifeHouse, especially if you're new. Consider joining a life group. Um, don't forget to get your kids. But thank you so much for being with us this morning. You guys are great. You are carriers of the light. Let's do that this week. Thank you so much. Amen.